That's a clip from a ceremony held last year featuring Winnipeggers Nina Elberg and Marcelo Lubaki performing the memorial hymn to the victims of the July 18, 1994 bombing that blew up the Jewish Community Center in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The tragedy is usually referred to as the AMIA bombing. It leveled the community's main Jewish Federation building. 85 Jewish people were killed. 300 more were hurt. It was the worst terrorist attack in the history of Argentina and the worst one against Jews anywhere outside of Israel since the Holocaust. Although investigators have blamed Iran and Hezbollah operatives, it's never been solved. On Monday, B'nai B'rith Canada is holding this year's national online commemorative service to mark the 27th anniversary and renew calls from here in Canada for justice. So why is B'nai B'rith involved and why should you care about it today? Because after the AMIA bombing and the bombing of the Israeli embassy in Buenos Aires a little earlier, many Jewish families from Argentina decided to leave and they moved to Canada, where they're still dealing with the trauma and hoping for justice. Well, I would say one of the reasons why we picked uh, Winnipeg and why we picked Canada is because we feel safe here. But having said so, I would like to, to leave this idea that if it happened in Argentina, it could happen anywhere. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, July 19th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. It was 9.53 on Monday, July 18th, 1994. Although most agree that Iran and Hezbollah operatives carried out the bombing, none of the suspects has been brought to justice. And the Argentine government has long been accused of covering it all up to protect their ties to Iran. There's a Netflix series that came out last year. You might have seen it. It was about the Jewish prosecutor, Alberto Nisman. He was about to present his full report to Parliament on who did it and who in the Argentinian government protected the suspects, but he was mysteriously found murdered in his apartment the day before his speech. Coming up, we'll chat with Hernan Popper, now of Winnipeg. He lived through the time of the AMIA bombing and then left to make a new life in Canada, but he cannot forget the faces of the dead. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Remember the Montreal woman, Eddie Ainsworth, who was found dead with her husband in the ruins of the Surfside condo in Florida? I reported on their funerals in a previous episode. Now we're learning that it was an Israeli IDF colonel who found their bodies. He was the commander of Israel's National Rescue Unit that flew to Miami to assist in the search. One of the Ainsworth's children had just welcomed a new baby girl the day before the collapse. They've now named her Ita in honor of her grandmother. And the baby's parents, Dovi and Shiva Ainsworth, invited Colonel Golan Vach to the baby naming ceremony last week before he went back to Israel. And he even got an aliyah to the Torah as well. Hernan Popper is the grandson of Holocaust survivors who fled Austria during the Second World War and made their way to Argentina. In 1994, Hernan was in his early 20s and he was at work in his family's business in the historic Jewish neighborhood of Buenos Aires when he heard the huge explosion at the AMIA Jewish Community Building. He survived. He knows lots of people who didn't. After all, he says the country's Jewish community is just a little smaller than the size of Canada's Jewish population right now, or about 300,000 people. Popper would always attend the annual memorial service every year for July 18th for the victims, and he continues to do so since he and his wife and family moved to Winnipeg in 2003. Thanks for being with the CJN Daily. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. 
on a sad occasion. Let's go back a bit before we talk specifically about the bombing. And just tell us a little bit about what your life was like growing up in the Jewish community of Buenos Aires. What was your family like? Did you go to school? What was the community like? Well, I'd say we grew up in a family, in a Jewish family, traditional Jewish family, uh, not really uh, very attached to the, to the religion, but much more attached to the tradition. Uh, like we, we had our uh, Jewish holidays, but we, we were not going to, to synagogue every, every week just for some special events. Uh, but all our friends, all our family friends were part of the Jewish community. Uh, and I went to a lot of machanes, like uh, camping. But of course, I had uh, contacts with Amia uh, a couple of times because there were some special occasions uh, that, well, you would go to Amia or you would use their services uh, as a Jew in Argentina. And so... 27 years ago, where were you and your family when the bomb went off? Well, at that time, I was at work. I used to work with my family. We had a family business. Uh, and uh, we were in Belgrano, that is a neighborhood that maybe is, I would say, five kilometers, maybe a little bit more, 10 kilometers away from the Amiens. And uh, we heard the bombing. And they started showing all the images of, well, all that situation live uh, to, to everyone who was watching the TV. It, it was it was just, I don't know which is the right word, but horrible, I would say. It was really, really unsettling because you could see every single building in that block with their uh, uh, crystals broken, and you could see uh, people with blood on their faces walking around lost, not knowing really what was going on. And you could see, well, these cars coming and people trying to help, and there was no protocol on how to help. So people were trying to help the, the injured uh, by grabbing them and taking them away from the rumble. So, I mean, it was, I, I, I remember that, and it's, uh, it's one of the saddest uh, scenes I've seen in my life. So how did this change your life and your family's life? Both the, the uh, bombing at the Israeli embassy and then the AMIA uh, were kind of uh, a realization that we were in danger, that we were not protected, and that there was a huge uh, terrorist attack, and then there was another one. And it's like we felt really that there was no interest in solving the problem. And uh, not only that, but also, well, it could happen anytime again. Uh, in Argentina, like everywhere else, uh, there is quite a bit of anti-Semitism, anti sorry. Uh, and, uh, well, that was just a confirmation that you couldn't be safe uh, to, to, to be a Jew in Argentina. But it took you a few years till you decided to move to Canada. You didn't well, come till like, early 2000, right? So yes. there was that period of time. What yes. was going through your family's mind and your own mind at the time? Uh, I would say... Uh, again, I was pretty young, but it was kind of a wound that wouldn't heal, uh, an open wound that every year after knowing that it happened and there were no, uh, no one to blame or there was no one uh, brought to justice, it's like it kept growing and growing. And instead of healing, it was just something that was pending, something that was unsaid. Over the past few years, there have been assassination of the prosecutor Nisman, who was about to reveal all in 2015. Uh, in 2019, there were about 
half a dozen uh, government officials, judges, investigators who were convicted, but not the president, not Menem, Mm -hmm. not the vice president, Kirchner, even none of the Iranians who were suspected were, were brought to justice. What do you think Canadians should understand about um, what they can do, what Canadian government can do, what Canadian people can do to to keep the story alive or to put pressure on the on the government to do what's right? If we don't really find those who actually made this uh, terrorist attack, they could do it anywhere else. And uh, I don't think that it's it would be that easy here in Canada, uh, but you need to find the truth and you need to find uh, those who were guilty and you need to bring them to justice. I don't think that there is enough international pressure on the Argentinian government in order to keep finding the truth. But again, who is right now in power, the government or the party that is in government right now, it is it's the same government that signed this memorandum of understanding with Iran in order to, well, hide all the truth. So this government is never going to do anything. There are way too many interests and too much money and political influence in, in, in place that I'm absolutely sure that there's nothing that can be done because these people actually are still hiding all that uh, information. Uh, hopefully one day a different government with uh, a different ethic standards uh, will be in power and they will start asking the right questions. You can watch Benebris Amia bombing memorial ceremony today online. The link is in our show notes. Benebrith has been asking Canada to declare the entire Iranian Revolutionary Guard to join the list of banned terror groups in this country, Right now, just one branch of it is, not the whole force. It's also blamed for shooting down that Ukrainian airliner earlier last year, killing nearly 180 people, including 55 Canadians. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Nellie Miller of Thornhill, Ontario. She recently became a great-grandmother, and she just marked her birthday. And we'll end this episode with a sneak peek at Tuesday's show when you'll meet Canada's only professionally trained Jewish therapeutic clown. She makes the lives of patients in Montreal hospitals and senior homes a little brighter. To see my grandparents alone and to be alone myself in the hospital. And uh, I thought this is a place where there needs some, some, something to shake things up, some emotion, some pleasure, some joy. Um, just because I'm sick or just because they're in a long-term care home doesn't mean they don't have a spirit left. <laughs>